keeping us from hearing him. Now that is a great question. Is it that God doesn't speak anymore? Or is it just that there's more distractions keeping us from hearing him? I'll tell you what's true about my life. You know, honestly, if you had to ask me, have you ever heard God audibly speak to you? Has he, has he come and told you, thus saith the Lord? I'd say no. I haven't had that experience. I, I, I truly believe God still speaks. I know God speaks. He speaks through scripture. He opens his word and, and his words come alive, right? He speaks through trusted Christian friends. Fellow believers who help you discern, who, who pray and who, who show you and help you figure out what God is saying. He speaks through prayer. But I can't say that I have heard God audibly speak directly to me. I'm not a mystic in, in that kind of way. But I did learn a pretty significant lesson. I'm still learning that lesson. That lesson about hearing God just a couple months ago back in January. If you remember in January, I was gone on, on sabbatical. And, and for the first week of my sabbatical, the first week in January after the holidays, I scheduled a three-day retreat of silence and solitude. Three days without talking. Three days apart from most people. I'd never done that before. And I've heard that it was really good. So I, I booked a place to call, a room in a place called the Hermitage down in Three Rivers, about an hour and a half south of here. It's an old milk barn. And they took this farm and they turned, they transitioned this milk barn into kind of a lodge with little rooms all over the place and an eating area downstairs, three stories tall. In fact, I put a picture of my room up here. It's a little tiny dormer room. You walk one step in and you bump your head. So the accommodations weren't extravagant. Just a little bed, a little chair, and a really low roof, a little row ceiling. And I began my 72 hours of silence and solitude. And let me tell you, that was more difficult than it sounds to be alone and to be quiet. Because there were other people staying in this barn doing the same thing. And the agreement is we give each other the gift of silence. And so as I'd walk through the place, I'd see people, and i want to say hi, and you just kind of bite your tongue, and you don't say hi to them. And then for lunch and dinner, they serve it together with everybody who's there. There were about three or four other people there. And so you eat lunch and dinner around the table together in silence. Talk about awkward. Talk about weird. There you are sitting with strangers. I never even found out what their names were, let alone who they were and what they were doing. So it took a little while for me to get used to it. So, so here's what I did. I arrived that first day, and I checked into my room. And right outside my room, my room is off to the right there, was this sitting area up on the third floor. And, and I settled into that chair, and that became my turf for the next three days. And, and so I sat in that chair on the table to the left. I brought some journals. I brought some books. I, I brought my Bible, and I settled in for three days of silence and, and solitude. And I discovered something very important while I was sitting there right away. Down on the main floor, there's no cell reception. On the third floor by the window, there was. And so I found myself sitting there that first day, and I kept pulling out my phone, and I kept reading the headlines and following the news and checking in with what the Tigers were doing. And I kept checking my email, and some of you emailed me, and I'd reply to you and start a conversation. And... And I noticed I got a few texts, and so I checked in with my texts, and I, 
you know, I, I laid down at the end of that first day, and I, and I reflected on my day, and I realized, you know what? I really, I didn't hear God speak. And I, and I figured out why. Because I was choosing not to listen to him. Every time I pulled out this phone and read the headlines and got connected to the world again, I set God aside. Every time I checked my email and replied to one of you, I was choosing to disconnect from God and reconnect with the world. So I was sitting there in silence. My mouth wasn't moving, but I was far from silent. I was filling the place with words. And I sat there all by myself because no one ever ventured up to that little third floor corner, but I certainly wasn't alone because I was connecting to people all over the place with my phone. I realized after that first night that I'm just really not good at this silence and solitude thing. So I decided to try and do better the next day. So I figured out on my phone that you can teach an old dog new tricks, the do not disturb button on the phone. I figured it out the next day, and I set my phone on Do Not Disturb, and I set it out of reach as I sat there. And it was a weird feeling, knowing that the rest of the world, all of you, were going on with your normal days. Everybody else's schedule was going, news was being created, things were happening in the world. My family was on their normal schedule, going to school, doing, and I wasn't a part of it. I had no idea what was going on. I had no connection. I had nothing. And you know what happened? In that silence, in that disconnect, I was finally able to take time to do things I don't usually do, like listen and notice and wonder. And I'd like to tell you that I heard God's voice audibly. But I didn't. But God did speak to me. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what happened. One of the mornings, I went down to the main eating area for breakfast. And for introverts like me, it was really nice because you don't eat together. So I was sitting there all alone in the breakfast area, which is great. And so I finished my breakfast, and I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the chair there around the table. And since I had, I had nothing but time, right, I just... I sat in that chair, breakfast was over, and I just sat there. And I looked out the window. And I was right outside the window there was a bird feeder. And I thought, I, I've got a whole day ahead of me, nothing scheduled. I'm just going to enjoy this cup of coffee, and I'm just going to watch the birds for a while. And so I watched the sparrows, and I watched the, the finches, nothing to it. A squirrel came, and I enjoyed watching the squirrel because it wasn't my bird feeder. I didn't need to chase it away. It was just fine. And suddenly, this, this big bird with a red head swooped in and landed on the back side of the pole. And it caught my eye, that red flash. And, and I sat there with my coffee, and I want to see, I want to see that bird again. And it was on the back side of the pole, so I couldn't see it. And I sat there watching and waiting, and it would duck its head out one side, and and hide again, and I just duck its head out the other side, and, and, I, and I waited, and I just sat there and thought, come on, c come around the other side of the pole, I want to I wanna see what you look like. And it ducked its head out, and hid, and it ducked its head out, and I waited, and I waited, and then poof, off it went, disappeared again. And I sat back, and I thought, well, that's disappointing. And since I had nothing but time, I sat there and I pondered, and I wondered, and I thought. I 
don't think there's anything magical about that bird, okay? There's nothing special about that bird. But as I sat there, I thought about that bird, and I thought, I wonder if that interchange is something like my relationship with God. Now, there's God out there, and I want to see him more. And yet, doesn't it, it seems like in my life that I know God is there, but he just kind of ducks in and out every once in a while. And I never really get to see him fully and experience him fully and clearly. And, and I sit there and I say, God, I want to see more of you. And he just keeps ducking in and out. And I just want him to come around so I can see him and experience him more. And then he flew away. And I thought, good for me. I'm learning how to do this silence and solitude stuff. And I sat there, another thought came to mind. And I thought, what did I do? What kind of effort did I make to actually see that bird? I did nothing but sit there in that chair with my cup of coffee. How much effort am I making? If that, if that is an image of God in my life, how much effort am I making to actually connect with God? Most often I'm sitting back with my cup of coffee saying, okay, God, show yourself. I, and to see that bird, I could have walked about 10 steps to my left. There's another window sticking out. And my guess is I could, have, I could have gotten a better view. I could have walked out that door. I could have seen it. And I didn't. I made zero effort. I heard God saying, how about your effort to see me? How much are you putting in? Or are you sitting back waiting for me? And when I don't choose to show myself, you blame me. And really, you're making no effort. That interchange, that red-headed bird, has begun to make me think differently and to shape my life differently. Am I, am I getting it all right with God? No, not yet. Am I trying something new and different? Yeah. Why? Because I shut my mouth and I quieted down my life and I listened and I noticed and I wondered with God. I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't set aside those distractions. So we keep asking the question. We ask the question, does God still speak today? You know, we look back at, at the biblical experiences and, and, and where people had this direct interaction with God and we say, I, I wish it still worked that way today, right? Back in the day, the lady said in the video, I wish that I could hear God like, like they did back in the day. In fact, Take out your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, page 9, right at the beginning of, of this book. Because here we have Abraham, back when he was still known as Abram. And, and we're jealous of people like him because Abram has this chance to hear the voice of God. Now, it doesn't say that God's voice was an audible voice, but I imagine that maybe it was. Whatever, however it worked, it was so clear that Abram had no doubt about what God said. So just start with the first three verses of, of Genesis 12 with me. It begins profoundly, words that we skip over quickly, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
And we hear that and we're jealous, right? The Lord said to Abram. He spoke clearly to him and said, look, pack up your tent, pack up your family, pack up everything and go and I will bless you. And we wish, we wish God still did that for us, right? You ever wrestled with a question in your life where you're wondering what your next step is going to be? And you just say, God, why don't you just tell me? Right? Do I take the job or not? Is now the time to have kids or do I wait? What college should I go to? Is that the house I should buy? Which treatment do I choose? Or do I even choose treatment? We wish that God would just speak to us like he did to Abram. Or, or we wish we knew exactly what we were supposed to be doing like Jesus knew. Right? Jesus knew the direction that his father had, had set for him. In fact, there's two different times in the book of John. One in chapter 10 and one in chapter 14. Where Jesus pulls his disciples aside and he says, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Here's what's going to happen. And he tells them, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. Okay? And, and I'm going to be betrayed. And I'm going to be arrested. And you know what? I'm going to die. Okay? Be ready for it. I'm going to die. And then I'm going to rise again. In chapter 14, it's, it's just before he begins that journey. And the disciples push against him and say, no, Jesus, no, we can't allow that to happen. And here are his responses. The first time Jesus says, this command I received from my father. It's as clear as that. God commanded me to do this. The second time he says, I do exactly what my father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave here. And they head off towards Jerusalem. There's no questions for Jesus, right? There's no doubt that this is what he's supposed to be doing. This is where he's supposed to be going. Because his father told him clearly. Wouldn't it be great if you and I could hear God just like that? Wouldn't it be great if God spoke his commands and spoke his direction into our lives? No doubts, no wondering. If he just said to you, yep, that's the job. Take that job. That's the one I have prepared for you. Or he said, nope, don't buy that house. That's not the one. If he said, of course you should go to Calvin College. Yes. Right? If God would say, look, she's the one. Ask her to marry you. And I'm going to promise you a lifetime of marriage together. Right? Or if those difficult moments where he'd say, yes, that's the treatment to choose. Or choose hospice and I'll walk with you through that journey. Then, if God were that clear, if his, if his words to me were that clear, then it'd be easy for me to say our one-word prayer for this week. It'd be easy for me to say, okay, okay, God, I heard you, okay. But God doesn't always speak that clearly. We don't hear his voice that clearly. And so we wonder, does he even still speak today? And the answer is, yes, God is still speaking today. He might not speak to us in an audible voice. I'm not denying that, that he can. Maybe some of you, I guess some of you here have heard God's voice in an audible way. Awesome. What a gift. Many of us haven't. But that doesn't mean God doesn't speak. We need to ask the right question. And the right question, I don't think, is does God still speak today? We know that answer. The answer is yes. The right question is, do we still listen today? 
You see, if we are not finding God present in our lives, if we are not able to hear him, I'm pretty certain that that is not God's fault, even though we most often blame him. Like that bird on that pole, God is fully present. We just don't notice him. We just don't make the effort to connect with him. God's speaking, but we don't hear him because we are not listening. The truth that I would guess most of us don't want to hear and don't want to know this morning, the truth that we don't want to admit about ourselves is that God is still speaking, but we're just choosing not to listen. And if we choose not to listen, then yeah, we will go through all of our lives without hearing him. Right? C.S. Lewis in his book, The Problem of Pain, uh, he points to our deafness in hearing God. He, sa- he writes this. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. Pain is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. He's saying, and so often, maybe you've experienced this in your life, we don't really hear God until our lives fall apart, right? And then we find a connection with God. When we're in the midst of a painful moment, all of a sudden we hear God, right? We, we hear his grace in the midst of our sorrow, and we hear his assurance in the face of our fears, and, and we hear his comfort in those moments of pain. And I think C.S. Lewis is saying that it's easier to hear God in those moments because in those moments when our lives seem to fall apart, everything else falls to the background. All the busyness of our schedule, everything that else was, that was so important gets set to the side. And suddenly all we have is this and God. And we're paying attention and we hear him because we're paying attention. Because we need to hear him. The problem is in our daily lives, you and I most often don't need to hear him because we're busy doing our stuff. We're busy with our schedule. We're busy filling our, our lives with noise. We're busy watching TV. We're busy enjoying things, and we don't hear God because we choose not to listen. I'm learning my lesson from January. I'm learning that I need to value moments of silence and solitude. I need to value them enough that I choose to create them in my life. We all need to quiet our lives down a little bit. It doesn't need to be three days long, but silence and solitude should be a regular part of our lives because that's the only way we're going to hear God. That's how we choose to attune our ears and our hearts to his voice. And in those moments of silence and solitude, we need to learn how to listen. Now, I'll admit, most of the time when I have a prayer time, I fill my prayer time with words. Right? I'm talking, I'm busy talking to God. I'm not really talking with God, right? Because I don't give him a chance to talk. I'm busy talking to him, and he's got to be busy listening, right? He's listening to my praise. He's listening to me as I confess my sins. He listens to me as I thank him for his blessings. He listens to me as I read off my list of things I would like him to do, and then I say amen, and I'm done. And he's never had a chance to speak. It's not a conversation. I'm giving God a lecture, and I'm hoping he's taking notes. 
I don't hear God because I'm too busy talking. In order to hear him, in order to listen, I need to turn off the noise. I need to turn off the busyness. And I need to learn how to hear, how to wonder, how to notice, how to ponder, how to hear with my heart what the Holy Spirit wants to say. That's why I'm inviting all of us together for this Lent season to practice praying one-word prayers. I'm going to give you a word each week. I want you to pray that word to God. We're going to give you, as you walk out of here, we're going to give you the notebook that I showed you last week. We're going to give you a notebook that looks like this. There's nothing that special about it. We just wrote one-word prayers on the front, and it's empty pages. I'm going to invite you to spend time with God praying one word and then listening. So to take this notebook and, and on the top of the page for each day, write that one word. And hear what God wants to say to you about that prayer. Maybe God wants to speak to you a word of comfort. Maybe he wants to, to speak a word of conviction. Maybe he wants to give you some direction that you've been looking for in your life. Maybe he wants to give you some encouragement in your journey. I want to invite you to write it down. To let God speak as you notice, as you wonder, as you ponder, as you listen. And, and please know that this takes some practice. It takes some work. It takes some time to figure this whole thing out. Just like it took me a, a day of my three days to figure this whole silence and solitude thing out. So if you sit down with God and he doesn't speak to you that day, that's fine. We'll try again the next day. We'll figure this thing out together. But if we choose to never slow down, if we choose to never quiet down our lives, if we choose to never stop talking and sit quietly with God, then we are choosing not to listen. And that's on us. That's not on God. That's on me. Because God's probably speaking, and I'm just choosing not to listen. I can't blame him for that. So honestly, if I'm honest with myself, there's plenty of times I'm choosing not to listen to God. And there's plenty of times when I'm choosing not to listen because I don't want to hear what God has to say. Because let's be honest here. If we hear God speaking, if we're going to listen to him, then he's going to demand some kind of response from us. We're going to have to respond with our lives in some way. We're going to have to learn to say, to say that one word, to say, okay, God, okay, I heard you. Right, so, so to finish off our passage this morning, in Genesis chapter 12, Abram hears God, right? And God says to him, pick up your tent, pick up your family, leave home and go to a land. I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. But if you dare to go, I'll go with you and I'll bless you. And suddenly Abram has a choice to make. He's forced to decide, am I going to go or am I not going to go? I've listened, now will I obey? Will I truly listen to what I heard? Here's what his choice was. Pick it up at verse 4. Right? We just heard, he just heard God say, go. Verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. 
And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all his possessions that they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So he went. And this whole adventure for Abram started with listening. Because he listened, he heard. And because he heard, he had to choose. Because he, he heard, he did. This whole adventure for Jesus began because he chose to listen. Because he listened, he heard God's command. And because he heard God's command, he did. Now, before we sit down and listen now, we need to know that hearing God's voice might come at a cost. It did for Abram. Because he listened, off he went. It came at a cost for Jesus. Because he listened, off he went to Jerusalem, to the cross. You see, God's voice doesn't always lead us down the wide and easy path. God's voice does not always lead us down the path that will make us comfortable. God's voice does not always lead us down the path that will bring us success and ease in life. God's voice will always call us down the path of discipleship. God's voice will always call us to be more and more like his son, Jesus. God's voice will always call us to pursue kingdom purposes in God's glory, not our glory, in our success, in our purposes. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer, martyr during World War II, the title of his book said it so clear. He wrote it and then he lived it. There's a cost to discipleship. The cost of discipleship. So know if you're going to listen, there may be some cost in your life. But know if you listen, there's always a great reward for saying okay to God. For following that path of discipleship that he will call you to. Right? Abram experienced it. He heard, he went, and he became the father of many nations. Jesus experienced it. He heard, he went to that cross, and because he went to the cross, he walked out of that tomb alive as king of kings and lord of lords. And you and I can experience it too. We can live out our days as God's people living lives filled of true meaning and true purpose if we listen and say okay. We can pursue kingdom purposes that matter. We can, we can live lives that matter for eternity instead of pursuing the things of this world that when we die are gone, that no one cares about. We can live with purpose and meaning if we hear God and say okay. And we can hear God saying, well done. Well done to you. Well done to me. When we listen and follow. So this morning I'm going to give all of us an invitation to listen during this Lent season. During these days and weeks leading up to Easter. Now I know that during Lent the tradition is that many of us give something up for Lent, right? We give up chocolate. 
we give up pop. You know, no more Diet Coke for you for 40 days. Right? If you're really courageous, you give up television. If you're super courageous, you give up Facebook. Right? Or Instagram. But what if we made Lent something more than just kind of a trendy time to discipline ourselves to behaviors that we probably should be disciplining ourselves for anyways? Right? What if we did something more? What if we commit ourselves to, instead of just taking something out of our lives for a season, and we'll probably put it right back in afterwards, right? What if we add something into our lives? Something that might really make a difference. Something that might spiritually matter. And so that's my invitation to all of us. I invite you, whether you're young or you're old, to join me in adding... 10 minutes of silence into your day from now until Easter. I wanted to ask for 15 minutes, but I felt like, I don't know, I might be pushing it, right? So I'll stick with 10. If you want to give 15, go for it. And so when you leave today, when you walk out, you're going to be handed one of these, one of these journals. And here's my invitation that each day, Maybe five days out of the week, if, if you wish. Whatever works for you. But, but I want you to take your notebook, and I want you to take your pen, and first of all, find a quiet place without distraction. Okay? Leave behind your phone. Walk away from it. It's possible. You can do it. Okay? Walk, leave behind your phone. Walk away from the room where your television is. Get away from your computer screen. Set aside your to-do list. And find a place where you won't be distracted. Okay, and take your Bible with you if you wish. Maybe if you do daily devotions, and I hope you do, maybe you want to do your devotions first, sitting in that place. Read a psalm. Do something. And then take your 10 minutes to listen. Take out your notebook. Write okay this week at the top. And ask God. Ask God to speak. Invite him to help you listen. And open your heart and open your mind to that one-word prayer. And ponder and wonder, what does that mean for me? God, what does this word mean? What are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to hear? Notice and wonder. Let God direct your thoughts. And, and my guess is sometimes you won't hear anything at all. That's okay. There's worse ways to spend 10 minutes in your day than sitting quietly with God. That's okay. Come back again, try tomorrow. My guess is sometimes you'll be left with a question. You'll wonder. Write that question down. And maybe all week long, God's going to help you wonder about that question. And he's going to talk to you about that. That wondering in your life. Sometimes, I would guess, God might speak a message to you. You might feel a conviction you might hear him encouraging you. You might hear him challenging you. Write it down. And next day you can look at that again. And maybe he has something more to say. Maybe, maybe you're not a word person. Maybe he's going to ask you to draw a picture. Go ahead and draw a picture. Maybe he's going to ask you to write a poem. Maybe he's just going to have you sit and look out the window. And a red bird is going to come. And you're going to wonder about it. And he might give you a message.
if you're listening. My invitation to all of us is to try it for this season. To dare to say, let's say okay this morning. Okay, God. Okay, I will choose to listen. And if we say okay, I'll choose to listen, God will speak. He'll say something. We're going to start that process already here this morning. Right here at the beginning of this Lent season, this table here, and this bread and this juice, they remind us of the journey that we're taking with Jesus. And through this bread and through this juice and at this table, our God speaks if we will listen. Through this bread and this juice, he speaks his word of love to you. He says, I love you. Through this bread and this juice, he's speaking his words of grace to you. Through this bread and this juice, he is speaking his word of forgiveness to you. If you're like me, sometimes you sit there during communion and your mind wanders all over the place and you're choosing not to listen. And you miss hearing him say, this is how much I love you. This is how wide my grace is for you. This is how faithful I am to you. I'll keep coming back to you again and again. And so this morning, while we, while we have the bread and the juice, often we have you sing while we do this. We're not going to sing this morning. The piano is going to be playing. And I'm going to invite you to just sit with the bread and sit with the juice and listen. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe, my guess is some of you will recognize the song that the piano is playing. And maybe there's a word from that song that's going to land in your mind. And maybe you say, God, why is that word there? And you ponder. Why did, why did you bring that word to mind, God? And listen for his grace. So hear his invitation this morning. Jesus says, come to the table, all of you who have much faith, and all of you who would like to have more. Come, all of you who have been to the sacrament often, and all of you who have not been here for a long, long time. Come to me, you who have tried to follow me, and you who have failed in the process. Come, Jesus says. I invite you to meet me here. And to hear my voice. Would you pray with me? Creator God, we thank you for taste and smell. For earthly invisible bread that we can see and touch, which represents your life to us. When we come to your table, remind us that as we hold the bread and taste the juice, as we savor it and eat it, that in the same way we feed on Jesus through faith, faith that is the hands and the mouth of our soul. So in this moment, Jesus, may our hearts hear your message of grace and love spoken to each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would those of you who are going to help me serve, would you come forward, please?